Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Beyond the Pitch. I'm Christian Jack. Before the FIFA Men's World Cup in Qatar, many of you were very kind in sending us a lot of remarks about one of the shows we did about 15 or 16 national team players heading into the World Cup, bringing up to light their stories that many people enjoyed before they got on the big stage at Qatar. One of those that we did not speak to was Joel Waterman, who is obviously a trailblazer within the Canadian Premier League. Drafted in the first ever CPL U-Sports draft back in 2018, Joel played for Cavalry and was a mainstay on that team in the first year before moving to MLS team CF Montreal and now becoming a star defender alongside Alistair Johnson and Kamal Miller, amongst others, in the 2022 season. Joel then got his big break at the Canadian men's national team camp in Bahrain when Daniil Henry was injured in the warm-up and Joel talks about this on this very episode. He then finds out the next day what it was like to get picked for the World Cup. Joel Waterman joins me to talk about this, his meteoric rise towards the CPL and then obviously to the MLS, how things have not always come easy for Joel and how now maybe he may even be moving on to Europe. He talks about how magical it was to play for Canada and obviously make it to the Men's World Cup and after a great season as well with CF Montreal. Joel is a special character. He's a fantastic representative of what this Canadian soccer dream is like as we continue to build this culture in the sport. And really the tr first real trailblazer who's continued to make that pathway from the Canadian Premier League to MLS and then obviously to the World Cup and beyond. He will play in Europe. I'm completely sure of it. So less of me, more of him. Uh, we wish you a very happy holiday season. Sit back and enjoy my chat with the excellent and great man himself, Joel Waterman. Joel, pleasure to chat with you. Thanks so much for spending some time. I know it's your downtime, so we really appreciate you spending that with us. Um, lots of places to go. I want to talk about your journey, the draft this week as well that's happening. But uh, just coming back from Qatar, I know we were both there, but you were there in a far more important capacity than I was. Uh, how, uh, how, how was your experience? No, it was incredible. Uh, being there, being on the world stage, seeing the stadiums, the fans, uh, being a part of that that brotherhood that you guys all know about, um, it was an amazing experience. Have my family there with me too was was incredible. Um, obviously, wish it went a bit different in terms of results, um, but you know I think we showed that uh, you know we're not far from you know those bigger teams, and especially looking at a game against Belgium, I think you know little moments in those games that go a different way, we might you know get out of the group, but. Um, Overall, an amazing experience for for me personally and the squad. I remember, I always refer to this, but I remember Del Bosque when he was coaching Spain when they won the World Cup. And a lot of coaches have already said this, but they say that not everybody will play, but everybody plays a massive part, right? Like mm -hmm. you're there, you're in it the entire time. And you obviously, you know, you didn't get to get to play, but you mm -hmm. played an enormous part. How, how much was your role... Um, explain to you about how important it was how big of a role did you feel even though you didn't get on the pitch yeah it was very clear uh, obviously you know when you go to that world stage you want to play you want to help the team out in that capacity but it was very clear what my role was going to be when i got chosen um john was very honest with me jason was very honest with me on on you know my role and anything that could happen in case an injury or a player went down i knew who the back three would be in my scenario um guys that have been through you know the whole journey so just me being there seeing those guys get their opportunity on the world stage you know, it was enough for me. And, and I know I'll have my chance, hopefully, in, in 26 if it comes around. But, um, yeah, my, my role was very clear to me from the very beginning. And as a player, that's all we can ask, just transparency and honesty. And um, they were very clear from the very beginning. So I felt still a part of it. Um, they make everyone feel, you know, that their job is, is to help the team in any capacity that they can, you know, whether or not they play or not. So 
um, just being there and being a part of it was uh, was incredible. And obviously being a part of it, playing a big role in training against the best 11. No, I mean, I, I'm sure you were going up against Davies and Laren and David regularly. What was what was that like? I'm sure even though you didn't play, you came away from that camp better. Better, absolutely. And and for me, that's always been my my message and, and kind of what my journey tells us about it, just always getting better and adapting to the next level. So when you go against, you know, Fonzie, Jonathan, David, Tejon in training, you're only going to get better. So I felt more comfortable as the camp went on. Um, John and I had a good conversation and they could tell that I was just getting more and more uncomfortable each and every day. So it takes a while to adapt into a, a different culture and a different team and, and how detailed the, the national team is. So for me, I felt comfortable by the end of it. And uh, yeah, now we have another three and a half years here to go until the next, the next world cup. So we're just going to keep getting better and better. We're thrilled that you're part of it. Now, I want to talk to you about that Bahrain game. So we're doing the broadcast. Um, we get the note that Neil Henry's hurt in the warm-ups, and then suddenly we find out you're playing. And obviously us with the CPL are beyond excited and ecstatic. Uh, so what was that moment like? And I guess the second part of the question, if you don't mind extending the story, was when did you actually find out that you were going to get that World Cup spot? Yeah, so the brain game was uh, was interesting one. I was actually supposed to go on in that game. Uh, Daniel, I think, was only going to get 50, 55 minutes. So I was already prepared to come in in the, in the second half. Uh, I found out basically 10 minutes before the game started. So I had to jump into possession there and, and help the guys out. But um, I just look back at kind of my journey. And, and you know, my first ever debut was against Saprissa in the Champions League with Montreal when Rudy Camacho went down. So... I've had a lot of those opportunities um, in my career. I don't think everything's gone smoothly. I haven't been, you know, that guy you're starting and that can prepare for it. I think it's just, you got to stay ready. And as a pro, I've, I've always tried to practice that. So um, obviously the conditions and, and everything played a part in that too. But um, just having my debut in that moment was incredible. Just how far I've come in my journey. And then when I actually found out about the World Cup squad was actually the next day. Uh, John called me into his hotel room with Jason and, and uh, they kind of told me the news there. So very emotional. Uh, I just, it was more of a shock to me more than anything. I remember tears and I remember calling my parents and tears on their end and seeing how they how much they sacrificed to get there as well. So um, that moment I'll always remember for the rest of my life. Yeah, very well deserved. You're right about this. I, I thought about the Saprissa. I, I did that game as well, and I remember that moment. I think we chatted before it, uh, you know, on the pitch in Montreal as well in, in that in that leg. So uh, sometimes those challenges uh, can obviously lead to positivity, my friend. You know, and obviously that's what it is, as you said. Not everybody gets that gift, but uh, what a moment! So what happens then for you in terms of logistically? families suddenly are coming out they weren't sure where they were coming out how does that work and, and how does Canada soccer play a role in taking that off your hands because you got enough to think about as a player yeah no to be honest it was a bit of a stressful week uh we were preparing for it beforehand just in case so my mom was on top of things and Canada soccer was on top of things in case I were to get chosen because going to brain some of us didn't know if we were going to make it or not so um they prepared and Flights were booked, um, apartments were, were all sorted out. So it, it, it all happened uh, pretty naturally in that week. But, you know, when my parents found out, they had basically six, seven days to pack up all their things and, and you know, fly 14 hours across the world to, to come watch me play in a World Cup. So for them, if you ask them, I'm sure it was way more stressful uh, for them than, than myself. Um, but Canada Soccer took care of everything. They were, they were great with, with getting families there and, and making sure they were all taken care of. So um just a whirlwind of a time and and then the world cup happened over you know a, a two and a half week span there so i think uh, my parents are kind of glad to be home and just kind of de decompress and, and relax a little bit now but 
it was um, such a whirlwind. I just, it's part of my career, part of part of how I live my life. I love things that aren't really planned. I kind of just roll with the punches and, and, and see what happens. Well, that's a, that's a great way to be. And you're, certainly that's the gift that's been handed to you so far. Let's talk about your journey, Joel. Obviously, BC boy, you're joining us from there right now uh, before the holidays. Uh, I want to get to actually with the, the new Vancouver CPL team coming to the Langley, Surrey area. I think you're a great person yeah. to ask. I want to get to that with you as well. But um, wh- how old were you when you genuinely thought that you, you might have a chance at this? Uh, obviously played as a kid right from the start. But when when was it that moment? When Was it a certain age? Was it a certain club where you thought, I, I, I might I, this might be able to work for me? Yeah, probably crazy enough. It was uh, probably when I was 20 years old, when I went to the Kitsap Pumas in the PDL, right. um, a club that I didn't expect to be at. I went to go try out for the PDL team. Um, and then on the first day, the coach basically said, you're on the team. I had a really good tryout, really good day. And he kind of gave me that spot. Um, it was in a pretty interesting area. Um I can't remember the, it was called Bremerton. It was a small war town with just, you know, a lot of senior homes, a lot of families, not a lot going on, um, but they had a big crowd, a, a good fan base. And there I had a coach named Kevin McDonald, uh, a kind of hard-nosed UK guy. And he, uh, after I think two or three games in, gave him my opportunity to the US Open Cup against uh, the Seattle Sounders G23 side and played really well. And I didn't lose my spot for the rest of the year. And, and at that point, we had a chance to play the actual Sounders in the US Open Cup too. And that year, I just matured. I think I, I grew into my body. I was a late bloomer. Um, and he just told me, you know, what it takes to be a pro, what it takes to be a man. And and I think at 20 years old, I just started to sharpen up and went back to Trinity Western to finish my last couple of years and and, and did really well there and, and brought them to a, a fourth place finish in, in the national championship. And it was it was just an incredible time for me at that age. And, and I had a lot of time just to focus on football. I was away from my family. Um, not a lot of fun things to do around in that, in that city. So I just, I focus on football and I think that was the best thing for me at that time. Joel, you talk about Trinity Weston. Let's talk about the draft. So, so the draft goes this week at the CPL. Um, your story is really special and unique. And this is why it's great to talk to you. November, 2018, you get drafted in the Canadian Premier League. November 2022, you go to the FIFA Men's World Cup. That's the four-year window right there uh, from the draft to the World Cup. It doesn't get any better than that. What were your memories, uh, obviously, playing at Trinity Weston a little bit with the foothills? What were your memories going into that draft? To be honest, uh, I don't think a lot of people know this. I actually wasn't even going to declare for the draft because I think at that time I heard rumors of the Canadian Premier League, but I wasn't sure how many teams. I wasn't sure how it was going to go down, and I was like, this is too new. Let me just try maybe go overseas or, or, you know, to the States through that, through that row. But um, I think it was like the second to last day I decided to, to declare for the draft. And, and that's when uh, the CPL got a hold of me and said, you should really do it. It's going to be really exciting. It gives the players an opportunity. And they kind of persuaded me to, to be a part of it. So I just remember getting the call. I think I was at, uh, I think the season just finished and we had like our year long party with our university guys and guys that were going to be going different, different ways. And, guys that are still best friends to this day for me and I remember getting a call from Tommy Willard Jr. on like my buddy's couch or something like that saying you made it and and uh we've we've chosen you 14th overall and and that kind of for me was the start of you know my professional journey right they gave me an opportunity obviously from the PDL championship win to we brought I think it was like 12 or 13 players to the to the CPL squad so um yeah I was very excited I knew I was either going to be going to probably Pacific or Calvary at the time just closer to home 
um, loved Tommy Wielden, loved uh, the city of Calgary as they embraced me. And uh, obviously it's, uh, it worked out after, you know, a really, really strong year I had there. So uh, really good memories. And I'm glad I, I ended up declaring for the draft. Well, we're certainly glad that you did as well. I know Tommy had a profound impact on, on, on your career and is still obviously a major part in our league. Uh, what would your advice be to those getting drafted this year? Like, what, what would your advice be as they decide to come and play in the Canadian Premier League and take that route to try and become a professional and follow your footsteps, mate? I would say absolutely do it. Um, I think there was a 188 or 190 guys that declared for the draft this year. I think that's obviously, you know, triple the amount probably in my year. And I think it's great to see, obviously, with myself and other guys getting, you know, transferred to different leagues. The CPL is there and it can work. So uh, my advice would just be to to enjoy it and take the opportunity. I think these opportunities don't come around. You look at me, I've had to take every opportunity that comes my way. It might only come around once. So make sure you're ready for it. If you're serious about it um, and serious about becoming a professional, it's definitely a, a solidified way now to to get to, you know, the world stage. So. Hopefully uh, my journey and, and, and guys can look at that journey and, and say, okay, this, this works. If he did it, no matter where you are, um, small town kid like myself in Calgary, York, it doesn't matter where you come from. Um, I think it can, it can definitely work for, for your professional career. And obviously you're busy, but you're still a big football fan. I know we were just talking before we recorded about the World Cup. What are your thoughts on the CPL? Many people think the quality has gone up even further. Um, mm. And as it continues to expand now coming to Vancouver and, and the Surrey-Langley area, how, how special is that for you? And what do you think of the league as you continue to watch it and play against the teams in the, in the Canadian Championship? Yeah, I, I still keep tabs on the teams. I still watch games. I uh, still watch my old club probably the most. Um, but you can just see the 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 caliber going up each and every year. You get guys coming from loans from different MLS clubs. You got guys, international guys. You have a really good mix of, of U Sports draft picks coming up. And, and I don't want people to sleep on the U Sports draft because I think it's guys that, like myself, I wanted to become a pro even though I went to a Canadian school. Guys still have that drive to, to make it to big places. So seeing the caliber, seeing the caliber of coaching, um, you know, obviously shout out Bobby with his, his third championship. It's incredible what he's been able to do with Forge. Um, these guys are going to get different opportunities, probably coaching other places as well. So I think it's just all encompassing. And obviously the new team in Vancouver is going to help with that as well. I think something having, having it close to my home, um, is special. Um, I'm excited to see what they do with that. Um, I want to be, you know, part of it in some way if I can, but you know, it's, it's, it's another great step for, for the Canadian Premier League. And I hope we can get teams in, in, in every, uh, province, you know, across Canada. Yeah, amen to that. What is it about that area, Langley, Surrey, that area that's obviously so special uh, about that? I mean, I've been there a few times myself. I can't say I know it well, but many people tell me that it's just soccer crazy and the population continues to grow. What is it about that area that will make it successful in the CPL, buddy? Yeah, like you said, I think it's a people for a desire to to make it in football. You know, you look at the national team, we have a, an abundance of guys from Toronto. I want to see more guys coming out of BC. So hopefully I can represent them well and say, okay, you can, if you make it from BC, obviously BC was huge when I was growing up too. So um, it's just, yeah, a, a place where people just love the game. And uh, I hope that uh, we can represent more BC kids on the world stage. And, and uh, I think it's a great place to have it. I think it's going to be the Langley event center area around there. So yep. um, that's a great hub for, for people coming from, you know, Surrey, Burnaby, Vancouver, Aldergrove, Abbotsford. It's, it's a great middle grounds for, you know, everyone coming into the scene. So I think our national team success obviously helps with that too. I think now more than ever, Canadian soccer is is getting shown, you know, all over the world and we've proven ourselves. So I think everyone wants to be part of it. 
you go from the CPL to MLS, as you alluded to, you get that chance against Saprisa. Uh, and then, honestly, just watching you this year, Blossom has been an absolute joy. How have you felt that you have got better this year? And has it just been made, made mainly the fact that you just had repetitions, just playing with similar guys and playing regularly, and that it's just allowed you to go to another level? Yeah, I think it's a lot of factors. I think that, for sure, was the biggest one, um, just the opportunity. You know, allowing me to, to get the mistakes out and to learn from them and to get better every single game. Um, you know, I thought the system fit me really, really well. Will was an amazing coach with me. He was patient with me. Um, you know, our assistant coach, Kwame, he was amazing too. Laurent Simon has been my biggest, you know, supporter and he's given me, you know, so much confidence. Where, well, I watched him at LAFC actually when I was still in university. So I, I look at him and we were kind of similar players, good on the ball. Um, so I think just, it, it was a bunch of factors that, that kind of encompassed me getting better this year. And it's obviously my hard work too. I think I, I put in the work, I, I watch video basically every single day on how I need to get better. And I want to become a better pro. I want to mature. I think maturity is the best word to, to say how my game has gotten better. Um, but I just want to, you know, like you said, I want to keep getting better every year. And I think this year coming up is going to be another amazing year. Yeah, I hope there's no doubt about that. When you talk about video, what do you mean? Like, what do you watch? Do you watch just you? Do you watch other teams, other players? Take our viewers and listeners into that a little bit, how you get better from that. Yeah, it's both. Um, a lot of it is my own personal clips, um, you know, mainly on the defensive side. That's that's the side I really wanted to improve on. I was a center mid before, right? So mm -hmm. defending was kind of not really my thing. You know, ask anyone in university, I didn't defend much, so um just that side of the ball was huge it's all individual stuff positioning was probably the biggest one um and then just making sure i'm on the right side of the ball right side of the man uh defending the box well um and then it's also team stuff too where we are in terms of our line you know obviously kamal and i alistair rudy making sure we're on the same line uh making sure we're stepping in the right moment just different kind of things like that so uh, I think it's just all the little small details. And, and I go back to Jason DeVos for the national team as well. He showed me little clips during camp on, on how to win headers more and to win your battles. So it's just all you get different opinions from different coaches and, and you pick and choose, you know, kind of what fits your game. And, and hopefully you can just get better from it. You mentioned a couple of guys there that you've been in Qatar with, Kamal Miller and Alistair Johnston. Uh, what's it been like dealing with them as teammates, both national team and uh, club team? Uh, they seem like great guys to be good friends with and, and great teammates to, you know, go to battle with on the pitch. Yeah, we got extremely lucky with the, the group we had in Montreal. Um, you know, I think we call it kind of a brotherhood there as well. Um, it's not a fake thing. We actually did all really love each other and especially with Kai coming into it too, a veteran presence and Everything just clicked, I think, this year. We had the right guys in the right positions, um, the right identity. And, and you know, Kamal and Alistair definitely fit that for us. They're amazing players, but they're amazing guys as well. So our group was was that close, and it just made it easier to play well. We could just communicate easier and, and tell each other what we needed and what we wanted in that certain moment. So uh, we were hard on each other, too. I think that's part of it. Tough love is part of it. So, um, But being able to play with those guys at club level and at the national team level and just seeing how – much better they've gotten and seeing them have their opportunity on the world stage. It, it made me proud because I see the work that goes on behind the scenes with them too. And um, they don't take shortcuts either. So it's, it's been a really fun time to, to watch them and be a part of it with them. Watching you from the outside, Montreal, you could see that you were a true team.
you could see that you guys just work so hard for each other. Uh, that's not always the case. You'd imagine that it would be, but it just isn't the case. That's just life. That's personalities. That's form. Yeah. That's just everybody's mental, physical shape. What's it like when you're in a team like that and you, every week you go out there and you know that, you know, well, you might get beat a couple of times, a bounce of a ball, the act of randomness of the sport, but every week for the most part, you guys are eight and nines out of 10. That must be pretty magical. It was magical. And, and, like you said, I think every week I, I was talking to Alistair and, and Kamal about this during the season. Every week it felt like we weren't going to lose. And that's a feeling that's built up over time. Obviously, Will started that back in, in 2021 and then brought Ali in and different kind of guys. And every week it felt like we were going to win. And, and a lot of the games we did. And I only had that other feeling when I played for um, Calgary Foothills PDL under Tommy. That year when we won basically almost every game and we won the title, it, every game and every week we were just so confident that that we just went into it thinking we were going to win. So... It's developed. Um, it definitely doesn't happen overnight, but um, it was a pretty magical season just having everyone on the same page, just without ego, I think was our biggest thing. Um, you look at, you know, only Victor Wanyama was our only DP, and, and he was he's the most humble guy you'll ever meet if you ever get a chance to meet him. So he was, uh, you know, definitely the leader of our group. And, and yeah, it just, it, it just was magical to see what we could accomplish as a group. Inevitably, when teams are special and they perform well, they get picked apart. Alistair Johnson's gone to Celtic and you've lost your manager. You've lost your manager as well as gone to Columbus, um, you know, without getting into the decision around that. But what makes Wilfred Nancy such a special coach? I, I don't think I've ever had a coach like him just in terms of his tactical philosophy. Um, he cares deeply for the players personally, not just on the pitch. Um, you know, at the beginning, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't sure if his tactics were going to work just based on the guys that we had. Um, but you can see, you know, as a center back, I love playing in a system. We're aggressive. He likes us to hold the ball, to pick teams apart, to try and get them to move so we can, you know, pressure, put pressure on other areas and um, use our threats to our advantage. So he just, he encompasses um, kind of what I'm all about. So it kind of fit me per perfectly. And um, he got us to a place where, you know, everyone was on the same page and we just, uh, we were playing really, really well. And it was, uh, an amazing time to, to be a part of it. That's for sure. We talked earlier about, you know, nothing coming easy to you and always having to work and, you know, things coming, you know, at the last minute, things like that. Um, the opposite of that is star boy Ishmael Kone, who suddenly everything just comes to him very, very quickly in 2022. And now he moves on as well. Um, what's this guy like for this guy? What's the, what, what's the future as a guy who worked with him and trained with him every day? Uh, what do you think the future is for this for this young man, both national team and where he can be playing for his clubs? Yeah, it's bright. The the pressure he can handle at such a young age uh, is incredible. I think he just what turned twenty years old, twenty one years old. Like I just remember what I was like at twenty years old, and to play on the world stage and to be transferred to Watford would be, you know, something I couldn't handle. So made sure I had a chat with him, you know, in 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 the World Cup and just say, are you are you okay? Like you know, things are coming pretty fast. He's like, I'm good. He's just full of confidence. Um, you can tell the way in the way he plays as well. That's the kind of person he is. So, um, you know, his potential is as high as he wants it to be. I think he's his only limitation. And I just hope he stays, um, you know, just consistent, not not to, to throw everything out the window and where he came from and, and things of that nature, just to stay humble and keep working hard. And, and if he's in the right environment, he's going to flourish and, and be an incredible player, both for club and our country. 
couple more with you, Joel. And again, thanks so much for your time. What about your future, mate? Obviously, we, we've seen the rumors, some of the links to Europe. And, uh, you know, what are you thinking now? You know, obviously, going back to Montreal, you'd be a massive part of that, whoever's coaching again. But um, when you hear names and you hear rumblings, and I'm sure your agent's calling, what's that like at, at this moment for a player, you know, as I said, that a lot of success has come very quickly to you over the last couple of years? Yeah, it's fun. Um, I think you forget as you chase this dream and you actually make it, uh, the business side is a very important side of it too, right? Um, and when you have a lot of success during a, a year and then you make the World Cup squad and different things can start happening and different teams can start calling, right? So right now, um, I still have another year left on my contract. I'm with, I'm with Montreal. So right now I'm focused on that. Uh, I'm not really sure what the future holds for me after that, but I would love to to try and go overseas. I'm 26, turning 27 in January. Um, would love to to play overseas somewhere and to to get that experience, as I think it'll help me personally in my development. Um, and then it's also just a, a different experience, maybe in a higher league or or something like of that nature. So right now, I still have one more year left on my deal, so I'm I'm focused on that. But um, I'd be lying if I said I, I didn't want to try and, and go overseas and and do something over there. Still a good age too, though. I mean, right as a defender, I think that the more you know that we've seen. I mean, seen defenders all over the world become superstars late twenties. No, I mean it's you're still learning, right? You're still a, a relatively young player for your position. Yeah, I was talking to Jason Devos about that. He said he didn't really figure out whether or not he was a good center back until he was, he was about thirty one. So I said I still got five years until that happens. So I'm just waiting for that time because you know, sometimes you can you know get in your own head a little bit and say you know that imposter syndrome kind of thing. And am I really supposed to be here? Can I play at this level? And um, yeah, I'm just going to keep learning and maturing. And, and I know my ceiling is super, super high and I haven't even come close to it. So um, if that's what I decide to do and that's, you know, most beneficial for for myself and, you know, on the business side as well, then then I'll do it. Obviously, the business side is always a factor, but the international side is is got to be important as well, I would imagine. I mean, we know John Herdman, he's not the only one who speaks about this, but the need to go and push yourself to go to another league, that's what he wants to trust. You see, you know, some of these countries, even Morocco and your group and how many play, people, you know, these top players are playing in top leagues. I'd imagine that would help your status as an international player to get more caps, no? Absolutely. And that's definitely part of the decision I'll make when that comes. Um, you know, I think he'll be the first person I'll text and say, hey, you know, is this is this league and this team, you know, good enough and what you want? Because at the end of the day, I want to play for both club and country. And, and like you said, push myself. And you see these guys, Tejan Fonzi playing for Club Bruges and, and Bayern Munich, some of the top teams in the world, right? So Jonathan David's, you know, linked to the EPL. I want to be one of those guys that that play in the in the highest league. Like Ali just just transferred there too. These are all amazing moves that they know that will keep them in the international system for for a long time and, and kind of solidify their spot for the next World Cup. Last one for you, Joel, is what was the message to the group when you departed Qatar? And obviously with the football calendar coming up, there's always things to target. No Nations League and, and Gold Cup and then whoever knows after that. What were the targets put on your head by uh, by the coaching staff uh, for the next few months and, and, and further beyond that with the national team? Uh, yeah, I think it's just to keep growing. I think uh, when you think about it, three and a half years isn't that long of a time to, to prepare for another World Cup. And this time we're hosting, so it's going to be an amazing experience there. But to, to, to get more competitive games, I think that's our biggest thing. And, and now I think people have, we've shown that we're capable of playing the likes of, like we said, Belgium, Croatia, Japan, all these games. And, and I think we're going to get better competition. Guys are going to get older and more experienced. And like you said, it all builds into guys playing in better leagues. Now we've got Ali going to Celtic, Ismail Watford. These guys are just going to get better and better and better. So 
I think growing and maturing is the biggest thing for us. Learning from this experience, um, we still didn't win a game. And for, for me and I know for John and all the guys, we want to win. We're, we're competitors first. So it's making sure that we take the necessary steps to, to get there. And, um, yeah, it's all about for us at least now resting and then going at it again because these games come come fast and furious starting in March. So we want to make sure that we, we play well in these in these cups coming up and these different competitions and, and really give ourselves a chance to, to do really, really well at the next World Cup. Well, first and foremost, get some rest. You deserve it. It's been a long year for you. And uh, enjoy the holidays with your family, my friend. You talk about taking the necessary steps. You've taken steps unlike anybody else. You're a true Canadian Premier League trailblazer. And honestly, from the heart, I couldn't wish for a better person to be that way, uh, to represent our league and to continue the journey that you've been on and then go to MLS. That's what football culture is all about. That's what's been happening in countries all around the world. And finally, we got it here in our own men's professional league again. So again, I know it's been a busy time, so I can't thank you enough for the time that you spent with us today. Absolutely. Thank you so much.